Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy. I am a dating and love coach at lastfirstdate.com, and I want to welcome you to Last First Date Radio. We are a featured show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. Every week, I bring you in-depth interviews with top experts and cutting-edge authors in the field of dating and relationships. And today, I am honored to be speaking with psychologist and author Jed Diamond, and we're going to talk about what every woman needs to know about men to succeed at love. And I love hearing a man's perspective, um, especially a psychologist, somebody who's an expert, um, about how to really understand men. Um, And I think men and women don't always understand each other very well, and we we tend to see things through a very narrow lens. Um, So that's one of the things that I love to help women with, is really how to think outside the box about dating and really understand that we are not... Um, that we can't expect the people we date to think and act in the way that we do. Um, and in fact, if we were just looking for our clones, we wouldn't be very happy because attraction really depends on polarity, on having things in each in in ourselves and in each other that are different. Um, because if we're too similar, it it actually cancels out attraction. Um, and um, One of the other things that I really focus on in my work is how to be a a woman of value. And uh, being a woman of value means that you are vulnerable and able to share your feelings and deepest thoughts, that you value yourself enough to set clear boundaries and to communicate your needs clearly and with confidence. And every week I share a tip on how to be a woman of value, and this week's tip is love is your birthright. And this was something that actually was was a little of an aha for me, that we all deserve love. We are born as loving human beings. We are born lovable. And love is your birthright. So if you think that you're too old, too wrinkled, too fat, too skinny, too anything to have love in your life, you know, it's not true. And um, know that love is your birthright. Um, Two things that if you haven't yet grabbed my free guide on the top 10 reasons why men pull away or disappear, um, please go to my website after the show and pick up a copy. You can sign up on my homepage, which is lastfirstdate.com. And if you're not yet a member of my Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date, please join us. We have almost 1,200 women right now. I was actually listening to an older show from a couple months back, and we were up to 500 women. I thought that was huge, but the the group just keeps growing every day, and it's um, I keep I keep tight guidelines on the group so that there is no man bashing. This is a group to support women who are over 40, who are dating or in relationships and have questions and want support because community is a huge part of living a healthy life. And so I'm a big believer in the power of community. 
Okay, now for our guest, Dr. Jed Diamond. He is the founder and director of Men Alive, and for more than 40 years, he has been helping men and the women who love them. He's a licensed psychotherapist with a Ph.D. in international health, and he believes creative, joyful couples are the hope for the future of humankind. Three cheers to that one. He is the author of 14 books, including the international bestsellers Male Menopause, The Irritable Male Syndrome, and The Enlightened Marriage, The Five Transformative Stages of Relationships, and Why the Best is Still to Come. Join me now for Jed Diamond. Hey, Jed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sandy. It's good to be with you. Great to have you. So um, let's talk about men and women. Are they more alike or different, in your opinion? Well, I, I think on, on a, a very deep level, we're, we're very much alike. We, we want to be loved. We want to be cared for. We want to have a partnership that, that is alive and, and grows deeper through the years. But there's also, as you point out in your introduction, there are differences. It's often the differences that are both the spice of life that make relationships really good, but also the differences that we don't necessarily understand that can be a, a source of pain, discomfort, and uh, disillusionment when we really feel like we're not being seen or heard or cared for because that other person seems to not understand or not be tuned into us. And so part of what I, you know, have been doing over the years, both in my professional work and also in my my own personal life, I've uh, been in a relationship with my wife, Carlin, for uh, uh, 38 years we've been together, and we're still learning how to develop and deepen a love that we hope will last forever. Hmm. So so you're doing it in your own personal life and in the lives of the people that you work with. Yeah, that's the only way I know how to do it because I've been on both sides. Uh, before Carl and I got together, we both had been in two previous marriages. So we, we, we in a sense, knew what didn't work. And even as therapists and, and clinicians who supposedly had all the answers, we found we also ran into some of the same blocks in our personal life that everybody does. And so part of what we've learned uh, is not only to understand what doesn't work and where our blocks do come and what gets in the way of a good relationship, but uh, before we before we started to try again after two failed marriages, we said we better learn what it is that really makes for a good relationship so that when we hopefully third times the charm, we can <laughs> beat the odds and say second and third marriages actually have more trouble than first marriages and more divorces later on. And we really wanted to see how our our love could work. And those are some of the things we've learned together and some of what, you know, we've learned in our in our practice and marriage and family counseling that we do with people from all over the world. Well, I love that you point out that there is a myth out there. I believe it's a myth that second and third marriages don't work. Um, but they they have a higher, well, they do have a high failure rate. But it's not because it's the second and third marriage. It's because people don't do the work that you're talking about. They don't learn 
the patterns that they're bringing to the second and the third marriages. I I right. believe. I mean, so doing this kind of work where you actually say, okay, I'm the common denominator in failed marriages or failed relationships, and what can I do to change the outcome of this relationship? And so you're living proof that when you actually do the work, this relationship is the most successful that you've both had. Um, and you're helping others, which is wonderful. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So um, you recommend that men join a men's group, and I know that you, you run a men's group, right? So um, why do you recommend that all men should join a, a group? Well, uh, for a couple of reasons. So uh, just in, in a very practical way, a lot of the things we've learned have just been through practical experience. You know, after my my last marriage fell apart, I was, you know, really wounded like a lot of people are and just felt like, you know, I had kind of reached bottom, felt lousy about myself and about life and discouraged and wonder whether I'd ever be happy again. And, you know, I... Uh, had gotten out of a very abusive relationship, this idea that, you know, that men are the abusers and, and women are, are the, the victims isn't always the case. Sometimes, uh, as in my case, I was with a woman who was very physically, emotionally abusive, and when I got out, I was very wounded. And I, I joined a men's group in order to kind of heal some of the wounds and feel like I could trust being around other men in a way that I I, I didn't trust even being around women. And a lot of women, I think, understand that when they've come out of a, a hurtful or abusive relationship that you really need to be with your sisters if you're a woman. Well, I, I needed to be with brothers, and there weren't very many men's groups when, when I got involved and started. And the men's group that, I, that I'm in is, has been meeting now regularly for 39 years. So uh, it, mm. I've been meeting in the men's group a little bit longer than my, my marriage. And both my wife, Carlin, and I say that uh, a lot of the success of our marriage, we feel, has to do with the fact that I've been in a men's group. And so why I recommend it to, to other men is that uh, there are things that you can do and heal and and talk about when you're in a men's group that's dedicated, you know, not to bashing women or to putting women down or to blaming women, but really to say, you know, I need to look at, as you say, the common denominator in in life's unhappiness is ourselves, and often in a same-sex group we can begin to understand ourselves better, heal some of the old wounds, and to be able to get more deeply in touch with what it means to be a man, you know, in the, in the men's group sense, so that when we're then in a relationship with the woman, we're not either making excessive demands that we feel like, you know, the woman's got to be everything to us because we have some deeper men friendships, but that we also have an opportunity to learn things about ourselves that we can't learn except from other men. And what I knew, and this is true in my case, I think it's true in the case of a lot of men and women, is that we we come from a background of lost fathers. You know, my father uh, was gone from the time I was five years old, and I just didn't learn what a good, healthy relationship was uh, with myself 
that I might have gotten from my father. And I think it's true for a lot of women who either had absent fathers or fathers that were emotionally absent. And so there's a whole lot of of dysfunction, I think, that it results from the fact that we don't really have healthy training for what it means to be a man. And one of the ways we can get that is in a really good, supportive men's group. Mm. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more, and that's, uh, as you heard in the beginning of the show, that I believe so much in community and support and same-sex support. People have asked me many times, why don't you just let men in the group? And I said, because it would be a very different group. Um, right. You know, women have the ability to share their deepest fears and their deepest concerns and um and and it was interesting while I was away in Israel recently my son-in-law was talking to me and um he said I don't have anybody in my life that I can talk to about everything about every aspect of my life and mm. um and I said you know I talked to him about men's groups actually because I have spoken to many men about men's groups that they belong to or they run. And I said, you know, just to have a place where you can talk about this stuff and where you can unload your day so you don't have to do it at home. Um, you know, one one man who was on my, who was a guest in my inner circle a while back, he said there's, like, before he comes home, he'll call his friend from his men's group who helps him to laugh and to and to really kind of download the day so he doesn't doesn't bring it into the house with like a heaviness when he comes home after a long day's right. work. So it's it's really that kind of self-care which mm-hmm. I think is so critical. Um I love that. I and I think there I think men in particular don't have the emotional release that women have with their friends um so readily because we we're trained to do that where our brains work that way we you know it's socially acceptable for us to have right. that kind of emotional release um for men it's it's not as acceptable becoming more but not not as acceptable yeah not nearly um, and it, not only that but as we get older uh we get past 40 uh men lose friendships that they've had and they don't make new friendships as easily women more easily will reach out and as a result, men are very lonely as they, you know, go through life. And uh, they, that puts an extra pressure on their their marriages and on their relationships where they're hoping to get all their needs met. And often that's where the hurt, the anger, the frustrations come in. And a lot of this could be healed if more men were in men's groups. Mm. Yeah, I, I dated a guy a while back who said, something about his friendships after his divorce that he doesn't have many friends and he said I feel like my life my world got smaller after mm-hmm. my divorce and yeah. and it ma- it made me feel constricted like <laughs> my life became so much more expansive and mm-hmm. I was feeling like and what he was talking about was like my whole world is going to be my future partner right. and I'm like no, that doesn't work for me. Yeah, but so yeah. he would benefit from being in a men's group. Um, well, that's a so, lot of what I do, both for men and women. I get lots of requests from women to both help them better understand, you know, men. Uh, since I've, you know, been in a men's group, worked with men all these many years, but also to help them know how do you support a man? How do you 
you know, how do you help a man who feels either very dependent on you or then gets frustrated and angry when you're not responding to him in the way that that he might want? And so Mm -hmm. uh, there's some really important, helpful lessons that we can learn and practices that people can have that allow for men to develop more of the emotional supports that we may have been lacking throughout our lives. So let's talk about that for a minute. If, if um, let's say, that guy showed up in my life today and I, I heard that statement, instead of shutting down and feeling claustrophobic, <laughs> um, is there a way that, um, that you would help a woman like me you know, have a conversation about that so it's more um, connected instead of disconnected? Yeah, I think a a lot of uh, what I found and I talk about in the enlightened marriage is that often relationships uh, in our minds had two stages. We fall in love, and then if it's the right person, then our love deepens and we develop a life together and then hopefully live happily ever after. And what I've found over the years is that there's actually a third stage that I call disillusionment. And it's mm-hmm. a, a, the time when so many relationships break apart. You, you know, start running into those barriers and you think, well, maybe I'm with the wrong person. I've made the wrong choice. And we go then looking, you know, lick our wounds and look for someone else. And yet disillusionment is a time to actually let go of many of the illusions that we projected on our potential partner and wanting all these things that didn't happen for us usually in our childhood, in our earlier relationship life. And if we can allow ourselves rather than to run away or to get angry and think we've made the wrong choice, but to go deeper and to be able to heal many of the wounds that come from growing up with absent fathers or absent relationships. So often what I tell women is, you know, help a man be able to talk about those things, to be able to say, you know, let's talk about, we know some things about your past or some things about the childhood you grew up in, but what what else is there? And then a hard thing, which, you know, women can't do for a man, they can't be the man support that he may need, and it's hard for a woman to say, you know, you need to be in a men's group. A man needs to learn that. And so many men will find that out by coming to my website or reading an article or, you know, my books on irritable male syndrome or things that will help them both see themselves, hear the story from another man. And I can't tell you how many men will say, you know, I heard your story or I read that article about how you did it, and I I think you're right. I, I need a men's group. How do I do that? How do I How do I start one? How do I find one? And then it opens up this other world that men can find the support and the healing that they're lacking. And then the relationships that they may have with a woman get so much better, so much deeper, so much richer, and and so much more uh, peaceful rather than the the, that energy of fight or flight that is so prevalent in so many relationships. Yeah, I think that's such a good point that 
people bolt when it feels like the love is gone, and it's it's often not that the love is gone. And I, I know that um, Linda Carroll, who wrote the book The Love Cycles, she talks about five stages of love, and one of them is is very similar to the disillusionment stage. It's that bump, you know, that that many people get to that bump in the road and then they just leave. Um, right. They feel that it's hopeless, and so often. The key to a deeper relationship is really working through the bump, if you can. Right. Yeah, the um, bump, you know, somebody said that, you know, leaving your relationship because uh, the love is gone would be like uh, abandoning your car when you run out of gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, you know, that's not the only reason. Sometimes you need to leave a relationship, and there are reasons when, relationships just have become so destructive you you need to get out to you know really to save your own well-being but generally most relationships hit this stage and when we understand the third stage of disillusionment and we know the tools and the practices to work through those then we can move on to what i call stage four which is real lasting love a love that's based on the real person that's there with me, not the one I projected all my unmet needs that my mother didn't meet or my father didn't meet or I didn't get growing up. And then we can have even a fifth stage, which I call finding your calling as a couple, where, as I say, couples can use their combined energy not only to have a wonderful marriage and a wonderful family, but also can really make a difference in the world because there's a lot of challenges obviously that the world is facing and i think if we can't work out how to love each other in a marriage how are we going to love each other as nations and countries and you know in different groupings and yet if we can do that if we can learn the skills of real lasting love and in some cases the hardest relationship that we ever have is with our loving partner then maybe there's hope that we can work out things in the larger environment of the the world. That's a lovely thought, and I I I would love to see a world where that could happen. Um, and and I think that you know people don't know how to deal with conflict. They don't know how to set boundaries. They don't know how to be in relationship. It's it is one of the most difficult things we do in our lives which is why we do the work we do, because I know I I was a complete failure in relationships most of my life. Not complete, but really had no skills, Um, not the ones that I have today. Um, And it is a skill set, and it's not something we often learn at home, as you've said. Um, So let's talk about, you know, you've talked about how to know when to stay and not not abandon a relationship if, if it is workable. Um, but what what about when it is best to get out? What are some of the signs that it's a relationship that you need to leave? Well, I mentioned one is when relationships become consistently abusive, either verbally, physically, emotionally, sexually, where you really feel like you are in danger. And mm-hmm. it, we need to take care of ourselves. Sometimes you need to get separate sometimes you need to you know get you know counseling and really you know therapeutic support but if consistently you're not safe you can't build a loving relationship so that's one 
But mm-hmm. beyond that, there's, you know, the betrayals that often happen in a relationship that isn't working, uh, that we not just sexual betrayals or having affairs, but emotional betrayals, you know, those first slippery slopes where we start, you know, giving more of our attention to somebody else, where we don't tell our partner about our lives, but we have a separate relationship where often it starts out, well, it was just somebody I could talk to, just somebody that would listen, but then that leads to, you know, often a secret life with somebody who, you know, may be, uh, at least for the moment, providing the emotional support that we're not getting at home. That That's mm-hmm. an indicator if that's consistent. The biggest probably um, drawback or, or, or sign that a relationship is not going to work is the person's unwillingness to make it better. When we get locked in, either one or the other partners, to the belief that says, I'm not happy and I can't be happy, but I don't want to leave. But you've given up. In other words, you've given up on making a relationship that works. Often the giving up isn't because we don't want it anymore. Often people give up because they don't know how to make it better. And so that's why I say probably 90% of the people that I see who start out saying my relationship is hopeless or my husband or the man in my life, you know, just won't talk to me. He won't communicate. He won't get help. He won't ask for help. You know, what else can I do but get out? You know, what I've taught people is that often the problem is you don't know how to get through to the man. He's closed mm-hmm. down. He he registers your desire for closeness as an attack or a judgment on him, and he goes into a shame attack. He starts feeling there's something bad about me, and she is judging, and if I go to get help, I'm just going to find a therapist who agrees with her and says I'm bad and I'm 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 the problem. So there's ways that I teach women. I have actually a special program for women of how do you take care of yourself, how do you support yourself, and at the same time be able to reach out to a man in a way that he's going to understand. A very simple little exercise that I have people do that that helps men. So I say women are often better at face-to-face communication. You know, it's part of raising children. You look them in the eye. Males are much better at what I call shoulder-to-shoulder communication, not sitting looking in the air. So often when a woman says, you know, honey, we need to talk, it's terrifying to him. You know, the idea of looking her in the eye and having her verbalize what he thinks is going to be criticism. So a little exercise. I have people, if you want to talk to a man, go for a walk together side-by-side rather than talk face-to-face, you'd be amazed at how more comfortable men will be in communicating when they're side-by-side rather than face-to-face, which is the more preferred male communication style. There's a lot of biology and evolutionary psychology around why that works, but it's a simple thing. If you want to talk to a man, go for a walk rather than you know, sit down and talk face-to-face with him. 
Mm, that's a great tip. I remember even seeing pictures of kids and how girls talk front to front, you know, face to face, and that the boys are like sitting on the lead, like on a curb, right. and shoulder to shoulder. And yep. I can just picture that. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, even in terms of dating, if you're not yet in a relationship, um, often the best dates are dates where you're walking together or you're in a museum and you're shoulder to shoulder and you're having right. conversations, but they're not over a table with caffeine. Um, right. That's not always the best way to communicate. Um, so that's a great tip to remember. Thank you for that. Um, so... This week in my inner circle coaching group, we're talking about vulnerability, and a lot of people are really afraid to date again when they've been hurt. They shut down and they get guarded. So if someone has been hurt, and you talked about your own experience about being wounded, um, what are some tips that you can share to have them get out there and risk, risk for the sake of love again? Well, what what I tell people, uh, and I practice it myself, is that when we've been wounded, we we, we obviously are 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 protective. We don't want to get hurt again. And so, what often people do is they either say, "I don't want to even reach out." No, I'm not interested in relationship. And then they finally get lonely and they jump in again. And what I tell people is there are stages to relationship. I call it. Start with companionship, just hanging out together, just having coffee together, just going for a walk together. Then develop a friendship, just getting to know somebody. Then what I call intimate friendship. Then if that progresses to sensual friendship. And then, in other words, the idea being that there are stages that allow you to be safe and less vulnerable and to take it one step at a time rather than going, i got to find that special one and only, my soul partner, the lover of my life. That will come out of a expanded social life to where you'll be comfortable when you're finally ready for that more intimate relationship. You'll be a lot more solid than either jumping from no relationship at all to looking for our soul partner right away. Mm. Yeah, people forget that that they actually can pace themselves. Um so that's it's really good advice to just build it slowly and don't think you have to either jump in or I would also add to that you don't have to conform to somebody else's pace pacing. Right. Um and I think people often feel that they have to really, you know, be sexually intimate before they're ready because otherwise they'll disappoint their potential partner. And I think right. it's so important to honor your own your own pacing um, and do what works for you. So, yes, we are, wow, at the end of time. And this has been wonderful, Jed. And if you can share how people can find you, get in touch with you, um, learn sure. more about you, that would be great. Sure. Yeah, my my website is menalive.com, M-E-N-A-L-I-V-E.com. And as I mentioned earlier, I have a special gift for any of your listeners that would like to come to the website. Uh, I did a training program uh, with Alanya Van Zandt, who's on the Oprah Network, and just a fabulous person. And uh, we gave away the uh, the little uh, training piece that we did together. And if you join my mailing list, uh, you 
get a copy of that for free. It's really quite good. And I'm happy to, uh, you know, to introduce people to what I do and relationship and uh, helping people have the great lives that so many of us want but don't have quite the, the love map to guide them to get there. So I invite all your listeners to come and visit. I'll look forward to meeting them. Thank you, Jed, and thank you for doing this beautiful work that you do in the world with you and your partner that's so needed. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you, and thanks, everybody, for listening today, and I hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great date.